Hey guys, it is me, your dude, I see robots, and we're back with another super exciting, super fun episode of World's Famous. This time out, we're going to take a look at some cards. We're going to find out what's going on with the food cube and glider situation. It's going to be great, dude. But until we get to all the good parts, Grandmaster Grandpa, get that dude. OKIC Robot, let's get this party started right. Let's get this party started quickly. This is world's famous IC robot. When we left off, Derek the zombie was set to take flight from Ed B. Bout's back porch in a hang glider. Alright, Derek. This is what you have to do. Fly into downtown and land on top of Bethlehem Towers. It might be a little tricky, but I believe in you. Once you are there, check the broadcast tower and get it back in operation. How does that sound? Well, Mr. Bebout, it's a little scary. I've never flown a hang glider before. Is it easy? Yes, it's very easy. You just jump from the porch and the wind will do the rest. We once had Gay LeBaron up here and she was able to fly around the hill on her first try. I think it should be no problem for someone as cool as you. Why don't you take a look at the glider while I talk to IC robots for a moment? Alright, I can do that. It. Do you really think that he can do that? And, uh, did you really have noted columnist, newspaper columnist Gayla Baron up here flying around in a hang glider? That seems a little, a little wacky, man. Gayla Baron? No way. That old bat would never try something cool like hang gliding. I'm just trying to keep Derek's spirits up. To be honest, I don't think he has a prayer but better him than us, right? No, not right, Ed. We can't let Derek float away and, and die. We, uh, we gotta, there has to be a different way to do this. We gotta, there has to be a different plan. Hold on, let's, uh, let's try to figure something out. Hey guys, look, I think I have it all figured out. Wish me luck. Derek, no, don't do it, don't do it. Come back, we'll figure something else out. Oh my gosh, look at him. He's doing it, he's doing it. Look at him go. He is magnificent. I never doubted the boy for a second. trading cards. Harry, just go directly to jail. Do not pass. Go. I'm Harry and the Hendersons. Sarah wins a musical audition. The boy they want me to sing with is blind. But refuses to sing. Show no mercy, Mom. The girl needs discipline. Will peer pressure throw this duet off key? I quit. Or will Harry become the family's secret weapon? Wow! That can save these songbirds. It smells like a goat. On the next Harry and the Hendersons. Sunday night at 6.30 on Fox 29. 
this is me and I'm back. That's actually a commercial for the uh, Harry and the Henderson TV show. We're going to be opening up a pack of Harry and the Henderson's movie cards. But for whatever reason, in my mind, the Harry and the Henderson TV show is way more... It has more space than the uh, Harry and the Henderson movie. The John Lithgow classic. This, this was a big one when it came out. I remember, like, a lot of dudes were into it, dude. This was, like... This was when, like, Bigfoot was a much bigger thing than he is now. Bigfoot's still a thing, obviously. But back then, this was, like, the era of uh, supermarket Bigfoot paperback books and things like that. TV specials with Bigfoot and yada yada. And then, of course, a comedy movie with John Lithgow and a giant Bigfoot who joins the family. And all kinds of wackiness ensued. This one, this one was big, though. It, it spun off a TV show. I recall... Watching the TV show is like a syndicated deal, if I'm thinking correctly. It was on Channel 44, KBHK, on, like, Saturday afternoons. Remember there used to be, like, that entire, like, Saturday afternoon syndicated TV thing where you would watch, like, the new episode of Star Trek was on Saturday, Star Trek Next Gen. Then you had all these shows, like, I don't know, like, Small Wonder, and then that one where, like, Ann Jillian worked in a restaurant, and they were all, uh... They were all waitresses and stuff. Man, there were, there were like a million different shows that only aired on like weekend afternoons. There were just like any number of them. I remember like a Sweet Valley High show, all kinds of things. But Harry really stood out as one because I might like everyone else at the time. Shout out to Steve Alboni was like really into Bigfoot and this, this humorous take on the character, really was kind of cool. Let's see what do we have here. The cards came out in 1987. They are tops produced cards. They have a they have a waxy sort of film. There's nine picture cards, one sticker, one piece of gum. I can feel the gum is still in there. In my opinion, the card to get is card number three. That's George Henderson, who is John Lithgow. And by all my research, I did a lot of research on this. This is John Lithgow's rookie card. Of course, card number two is Harry. And you could make an argument. That not only is this the rookie card of Harry, this is also the rookie card of Bigfoot. So let's uh let's dig in here. I don't think I buy that argument. I think it's just the um, rookie card of Harry. But this might be the first time Bigfoot ever appeared on a card. Let's pull this one open. It's from the Topps Chewing Gum Incorporated, Duria, Pennsylvania. It has dextrose corn syrup, gum-based softeners, natural and also artificial. Let's um let's test the gum. Let's do that first. The gum is um right here. It's it is kind of soft, I would say. Whatever these natural softeners and unnatural softeners are, they're in fact keeping that gum soft. A lot of the times they are stiff like a board. Let's put all the cards together, face them the same way. The first one is the sticker. It's a nice shot of Harry. He looks all scared. Rick Baker actually won an Oscar, an Academy Award for the Harry makeup. So you can include this in the uh all-time great Oscar films, Harry and the Henderson. I, I, sorry, I dropped, I dropped the card. That's why I kind of stammered there for a second. The next card is card number 12. This one says, oh my gosh, what is it? And it's like, you can see Bigfoot Harry is all uh, blurry, and I guess they have not uh, figured out his identity as of yet, obviously. And then we have card number 29. It says, hide in the cellar. And the family, John Lithgow and his wife, are trying to convince Harry to get away. I would imagine somebody's coming over says, uh, the front doorbell is ringing and ringing. George escorts Harry to a door leading to the basement and suggests that Harry hide himself there. Exactly what I thought. Oh, now we have card number four. This is Nancy Henderson. This is the rookie card. 
of Hollywood Luminary. Let's find out her name exactly. I don't want to get this incorrect. This is Hollywood Luminary Melinda Dillon, who you might know from any number of things. Um, Close Encounters. That's actually... I'm doing some research right here. 1977, that came out with the Wonder Bread Close Encounters card that is considered her rookie card. So this one, worthless. Throw it back down there on the stack. Hopefully, we'll do better in the future. Then we got, look who's back. This is card number 48, and it has Harry appearing in the uh, family living room. This next one is called, hey, little guy, and it has Harry about to eat a goldfish. Poor George Henderson. He's having one heck of a time protecting his uh, aquarium from Harry's inquisitive hands. You know, he's an animal. He's a beast. He can't control himself. Then we have card number 58, The Getaway. Harry is whisked into a van by George and Dr. Wrightwood, who are trying to save their Bigfoot friend from the hunter Lefler. I guess. Harry meets Society. This is card number 43. Loose in the Henderson's neighborhood, Harry goes exploring and finds the habits of the local suburbanites to be quite entertaining. Whose house is this anyway? Card number 21. And the final card is the checklist. I'd have to say... We kind of struck out on these cards. Not as much fun as I would have hoped. I was hoping we were going to get that John Lithgow rookie, dude. That's a very, very valuable card on the non-sport trading market. It goes for a solid, maybe like $1.75, dude. That's huge non-sport card rookie money. Let's wrap these back up. I'm going to put them over here where I keep the cards safely. And, uh, I don't know. Let's move forward. Sorry that didn't work out as great as it was. I'm glad that, uh, you stuck with me through thick and thin. The Chanel J12, the watch was designed by the artistic director of the house, Jacques Le, who found inspiration in the two worlds they loved most. Une nuit que j'ai Automobile and sailing. Automobile, Automobile and, and sailing. sailing. Chanel use highly scratch resistant ceramic for the watches, cas and bracelet. Une nuit que Other materials are used as well, such as titanium and for one of the house limited edition watches. Une nuit Sapphire were used to create the entirety of the bracelet and case. Chanel, the king of jewelry, and the jewelry of kings. Available at fine jewelry stores and online. 10% off with promo code ICROBOTS. There is only one man who can strike fear in the hearts of the mutants. Only one man with the power to seize control of the tri-solar galaxy. No matter what it takes. Only the most powerful man in the universe, e man This is the Mo2 Minute with the man who sold Caldor the acid that burnt off his face. I see robots. Yeah, that's me, man. I'm that guy. I see robots. I sold that simp, that stuff that he poured on his face, and it bubbled, disintegrated, leaving a horrible skeleton-like visage underneath. That goes by the name of Skeletor. I... I've been finding lots of Motus in the public right now. N nothing, like, that I don't have. There's, like, one figure that I don't have that's out there. But I've been hitting up the Target, hitting up the Walmart, looking for the Motus, Masters of the Universes. And lately, they're just, like, they're definitely all over the place. At the one Target that I go to in Runner Park, they have, like, the entirety of this wave right here. The wave that is, um, Buzz Off, Stratos, and Jitsu. They have that, and then over at the Walmart, they have the whole other wave before that with the Eternian Goddess and the um, different version of Beastman and stuff. Also, Stinkor, and also Webstore, who I have previously picked up. I 
I'm pretty happy about that though, honestly, even though I'm not like finding anything for myself to get necessarily, it's really nice to see these figures being available to anybody who wants them. I've even seen the Clamp Champ, I've seen the uh, Battle Damaged He-Man armor, I've seen the Super Skeletor armor one. I feel like I've seen everything so far that's out there right now. I, I was thinking about this too. I think over the little while that Motu's been back in my life, I think that I've seen just about every figure that I wanted to get in the wild, except for, except for maybe Roboto. I don't think I ever saw him, but I definitely did want him, and I, I still have uh, yet to secure him. But let's see what we have here today. Today we got a pretty fun one. This is one that I wanted when I saw that it was offered. This is a figure that goes by the name of the Sorceress, the Heroic Guardian of Castle Grayskull. This is one I did not never have back in the day. She came out in 1987, and I was I was pretty deep into, like, young adulthood and wasn't really into the Motu tip, so I don't think that, like, I ever encountered her with, like, anybody that I knew or anything, but she was, like, she was a very big character in the cartoon, and it was weird that it took so long to get a figure for her. As a matter of fact, she was the third and final female action figure in the original series, that being, of course, Tila, Eva Lynn, and the Sorceress. Ladies very much underrepresented in the world of Motu. It's sad, but it is true. Let's hope we fix that in the future. You know, it's already kind of being fixed in the new cartoon that's on Netflix. I guess Tila and Eva Lynn are like the two main characters. So there, there you go. They're trying to fix that mistake. But, uh, I never had this one. Honestly, from what I heard, she was kind of a weak action figure. The The action that she had was like she had these wings that would pop up in her back. And that that limited her movement in her legs and in her hips and stuff. I, I don't know. I was underwhelmed. She also came with another, I guess you would call this another figure. In, in, in the cartoon, she had the power to turn to this falcon. And she could like float about this falcon named Zor. And they made a... They made a figure of Zor. I actually had Zor. I came across it somewhere, like a flea market or a thrift store. So I had that one around the house when I was when I was moving into young adulthood. And then a couple years ago at a garage sale, I found three Zors that some older guy had in a box. And I bought, bought all three. I have them around here somewhere. I've actually not been able to unearth them since I got back into Motu. But I thought it might be fun to put one of those with a Castle Great Skull, but I haven't found it. It's out in the garage somewhere before we're already too far in it but let's uh what can we find out about the sorceress the sorceress of castle grayskull is a powerful magic user who watches over castle grayskull guarding over the secrets and wisdom contained therein imbued with magical abilities by the pool of power she is a powerful force but she may only use her gifts within the confines of the castle Outside Grayskull's walls, her only magical ability is to become Zoar, a falcon, and to communicate telepathically with several of her most trusted confidants. So, there you have it, the pretty sad tale of the sorceress. She is bound within the walls of Castle Grayskull, never able to go outside. Maybe she could go outside and she would have to, like, give up her powers... Maybe that's the trade-off, like, she could leave, but if you leave, you're not the sorceress any longer, you're just a normal person, you're just, like, some normal geek, so maybe you could look at her in a way that she's power-hungry, I don't know, more likely she's, she's very committed to her goal of keeping Grayskull safe from Skeletor, keeping the balance of magic in line, but, uh, it's sad, it, it would be sad to be stuck inside of there at all times, but at least she gets to turn into Zoar and fly about as a, a big, 
orange and blue falcon, a monstrous size orange and blue falcon. That's that's not bad. Also, she has kind of like a telepathic group chat with all of her home dogs out there. You know, He-Man, Tila, Man-at-Arms, maybe like Orko. I don't know, a couple other guys. I I also recall that in, in some kind of a tale of the mythos, the sorceress is actually factually like like Tila's mother, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I don't know the exact tales or the details behind this, but Tila Na is the mother of Tila having succeeded Cuck Duke Ungol long ago. Dot, 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 dot. The sorceress provided Prince Adam with the sword of power. This, this all sounds like gibberish when I say it. I realize once I uh, started it, I, I have, these are, these are some tough names. Once named Tila Na, her home, the village of Nawala, was attacked and subsequently conquered by Morgoth and his allies Pharos, Repta, Arachne, all servants of the evil horde. With the aid of an old storyteller's rhyme, storyteller's rhyme, in barren places find ye hope, and where no water springs, no plant grows, no plant grows, and when no blows, blows, find, find all, all ye need. Tila sought out Castle Grayskull, which he hoped would help her fight off her captors, blah, 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 blah. I, I don't know, man. This Eternian lore is so heavy to me, man. It is just like... It is steeped in all sorts of weirdness, and I I would watch the cartoon. I thought it was fun. I would play with the toys. Honestly, I would make up a lot of my own stories, and when I read how, how deep these things are, man, I'm just like, I'm gobsmacked. But, like, to be on the real, this kind of, like, deep fantasies never appealed to me as far as, like, as, like, a storytelling medium. It seems like the more convoluted and confusing it gets, the more some people enjoy it. And that's never been my bag. If it is, though, if you like super complicated stories, man, you're probably a brainiac. I appreciate that. I, myself, am not. I... I watch wrestling and read comics. What can I say? But let's let's bust into this right here. The sorceress, the heroic guardian of Castle Grayskull. I apologize. This isn't coming as easily as I would have liked. I'm just gonna give it a give it a pull. We're gonna reveal the whole thing. We got a comic. It's the challenge of Jitsu. We've seen this one recently. I imagine that like a lot of these from the wave, same waves have the same comics. Let's let's pull off her power staff in the back. It's held by a rubber band. We're gonna give it a snip. Vidal brand, uh, Vidal Sassoon brand scissors, rather. As far as I can tell, that's the only, no, here's one. Here's a couple on her wrist, but it looks like they're all attached. Let's see if we can get her out of her bindings, out of her packaging. Her wings are held in place in the back. I apologize for all the rustling. We got her out. That was, that was relatively painless. She's a very attractive action figure. Her wings fold out. They also fold back in. Very cool. She has the same level of articulation that we've come to expect. Ankles, knees, hips, waist, wrist, shoulder, neck, and we have some added wings. A lot of a lot of ability to do different things here. Let's pull her power staff out of here. It's white with an eagle on top. The sorceress herself wears like a light blue with orange and white. It's pretty. It's pretty eye-catching color combination, to be honest. I, I've always liked blue and orange together. I think they, I think they look pretty good. But um, let's let's check her out here. The staff goes into her hand pretty easy. It's. I thought when I was the uh, one side, but the front one's back. But it's dual sided. It's all the same. I like how she looks with her wings out. And I also appreciate that her wings can fold back in so I don't have to take up as much space on the shelf because to be honest, my Motu shelf is getting way too full and I don't, 
I don't know what to do about that. Honestly, I'm probably going to end up getting rid of these Hasbros, these WWF Hasbros. Right next to my desk, I have like a smaller bookcase. It's it's maybe like two feet wide. I would think it has one, two, three, four, five shelves. Each one maybe like just under under a foot. The whole thing is about, I don't know, just under five feet maybe. But I I have two shelves dedicated to WWF Hasbros. And they're, they're all cool. They're all on display, but... I could put them back in the garage and expand it in the in the closet, rather, and maybe expand the Motu some more over here. I don't know. Let's take a look. There are some upcoming Motus that have been announced. They've announced the next wave of Motu Origins. This is Origins Wave 8. You're going to get a Horde Trooper, which is one of the uh, robotic soldiers of the Horde. The Anti-Eternia He-Man. I don't know the story behind this guy, but he's uh, another He-Man. And much like Faker, he's different colored, but this time he's black. Black is night. Very scary. Then you got Clawful, who we know. He's like the guy with the lobster powers, the lobster claw. I don't have him, but oddly enough, I have his head. I, I found a head in a box in a flea market. And I got him on display over over in like this uh, area of my house where I have a lot of interesting red-colored items. It's silly. I'm a silly guy. Then you also you get Sun Man, and this is a new one to the Motu universe. Let's read what it says right here on creations.mattel.com. A light in the darkness, ruler of the sun, Sun Man has joined forces with He-Man in the battle against evil. This legendary hero was created in 1985 by a mother who saw a need for diversity in the action figure space. We couldn't be more thrilled to welcome him to the Motu family. He has a he has a shield and a spear and giant wings that go around his neck. I don't know. I don't know if they give him the power of flight. I don't recall seeing this figure back in the day, but there were like, let's be honest, quite a few uh, Motu knockoffs out in the toy realm. And this is another one, another cool Motu knockoff. I'm all for it. I, I like anything in the scale. At first he was offered at like Comic-Con or something, or Mattel-Con or whatever. And he came in like this super deluxe package, but now we're going to see him released to the normal toy shelves. I, I'll pick him up for sure. Out of these ones... I might actually pick them all up. Sun Man, Clawful, I don't have Clawful. The Anti-Attorney He-Man is pretty cool. And I'm going to want the Horde Trooper. They're also coming out with Stridor. Stridor is a big robot horse. I feel like he's most closely associated with Fisto on the OG box. He's ridden by Fisto. As a matter of fact, I have a, an OG Stridor, and my OG Fisto is up in there right now. And then there's also going to be another wave of Revelation Figures, that's the Netflix cartoon. We're going to get Merman and a different uh, Tila, I guess. I don't know. Something something of that sort. I feel like that's out-of-date information. I apologize. I'm going to take that back right now. Forget I ever said it. But uh, I don't know. Let's let's move forward, man. This has been fun. I enjoy talking about Motus with you guys. It makes me happy. It makes me feel good about toys and life and just, I don't know, things in general, you know? The only real American pizza Made by an American. American Pizza Man. Masai Bindo. American Pizza Man. Masai Bindo. American Pizza. American Pizza. American Pizza. Hey, this is me, Isaac Robots, the American Pizza Man, and I am back. This segment has been long dormant on the show. I don't even know if we've done an American Pizza Man on World Famous. I think that this one may have been relegated back to the days of the Stuck at Home show, but guess what? I've been back on the pizza tip again. The The reason for the absence of the of, of the segment was I, I've been trying to get a little strict with my diet. You know, I felt like things were going in a direction I didn't like. 
I didn't want them to go up. I wanted them to go down. So I, I tightened up the diet. I knocked out all sorts of any kind of like junkish kind of food. Your chips, your hot dogs, your hamburgs, your things like that. And sadly, amongst them was the pizza. I'm not going to lie. I did have a slice here and there. But by and large, the American Pizza Man has long been dormant. But I, I've been having some pretty good gains. I've had, uh, I've had things moving in the right direction to the point where I feel like, you know, if I want to have a slice of pie or even like, you know, a couple slices of pie every once in a while, I am at the point where it's not gonna, it's not gonna destroy my life like it, like it may have at, uh, at other points. So this, this has been the American Pizza Man back in effect. Let me give you a, let me give you an idea of how this all started. The, the wife gave me a call one day on the, on the way home from work and she was like, like for many people, she's been like stuck with, a a bunch of absent employees due to this and that and just the state of the world. So she was like, you know, I'm super tired. I don't even feel like dealing with dinner. I'm getting a hot and ready on, on the way home. A hot and ready, of course, being a little Caesars pre-made pizza that's sitting there for five bucks. She's like, I'm getting a hot and ready and we can eat it. And I I was like, you know, that's cool, man. I deserve it. I deserve the hot and ready. I've been hitting up the gym three times a week. I haven't bench pressing 255,000 pounds. I I'm all that and then some. If I want to have a slice of pie, I'll do it. So we got the hot and ready, and you know what? It was delightful. I know a lot of dudes be bagging on Little Caesars, but Little Caesars is good. I like Little Caesars. It's not, it's not by any means an old Chicago pie. It's not a Mambo's pie, but it's good. It's fine. It's very, very much edible. And the cool thing about a hot and ready, five bucks, and it's going to give you lunch the next day. So big shout out to Little Caesars Pizza. I... I might want to get a little Caesars tonight, to be honest. It's wrestling night as I record this, and I'm looking forward to it. And nothing goes with wrestling like a slice of Little C's. A slice of anything, to be honest. But Little C's, a Little C's has that wrestling style vibe. Like you're watching some lowbrow entertainment, eating some lowbrow pizza. It's all good in the world. Little C's is good, though. We got a sausage and pepperoni, little uh, little Caesars, and man, it was great. Got some crazy bread, dipped the crazy bread in the sauce. Great, amazing. Five bucks for the treat, but we also made a couple pizzas, which is something that we really have fallen off on doing. We haven't done it since, uh, well, since the doors of the world reopened again. This was a big lockdown entertainment of ours, making the pizza pie. And we've actually gotten it down pretty good. We've gotten it to the point where we can make a very, very respectful pizza pie. The the secret for us so far has been very high temperature in the stove. This was a tip that I received. Turn it up to like 500. So we've been doing that. We use the pizza stone. You got to get the pizza stone in there. You got to let it heat at 500 for as long as you can bear it. Then you slide the pie on there. Another big secret is we've been using a high protein flour in the dough. The first high protein flour we picked up was over in a over at this place called Andy's Produce in Sebastopol out on the route to Dorn Beach. Shout out to Gino Vega. But um, we picked it up there. But then the most recent bag of uh, high-protein flour we actually got over at Big Lots. We were just like, I was walking around seeing what Big Lots has to offer. I love Big Lots. It's always fun to me. It's inexpensive, weird, unstandard items. It's a hoot and a half. But uh, we picked up the bag of the high-protein flour there. And high-protein flour is going to give you that, that kind of pizza dough that you want. It uh, bubbles well. It's just, it's what you want. So if you're making the pizza pies at your house, make sure to use the high protein dough. I think King Arthur is the brand we used at one time. Look for that, look for that King Arthur brand flour. But we made the pie, we used some tomatoes, 
We use some kale, believe it or not. Kale goes fine on pizza, but you got to dice it up. It's a nice way to get some greens in there. We put the tomatoes, the kale. We had some pepperonis. We sliced those up. We put them on there, and then we put uh, some sausage. It was just standard breakfast sausage, but we mixed in some fennel seeds and some various some various spices and stuff. Made little meatballs, threw them on there, threw some pizza spice, little bit of onions. Now, onions give your boy... A little bit of heartburn, so I gotta go light on the onion. So we didn't go like full onion, just just a little bit for flavor. We put some we put some garlic on there, and I gotta tell you, man, it was so good. One way that we opted to cut down on the calories was we we sort of put in less cheese than one would normally. We went not as much cheese. Usually, like I'm an extra cheese guy. If you if you remember back to the days of the top five list of pizza toppings, I found cheese. To be the most delightful of all the toppings, extra cheese. I'm still an extra cheese guy, but we cut it back to normal cheese. But what you do is, like, you lay the cheese down. Then you put the sauce on top of the cheese. We have, like, a squirt bottle, and we, like, run layers of sauce all up and down. And, man, this pizza came out so good. I don't know why the American Pizza Man ever went out of effect, because now I am back. We actually made another pizza the next day. When we make the dough... We'd usually make two dough offerings. It's not really worth it to make one. You gotta make two. So the next day we made another pizza. This one, this one was in a rectangular pan. Like, it was like Detroit style. We had less dough than we had the first day. So we went with kind of a, more like of a thicker crust kind of Detroit style. It actually almost wound up to be like, to be like a Chicago style pizza, the deep dish. But it wasn't, it wasn't all that because in the deep dish you put the heavy sauce and then, uh, you, you put the cheese and the sauce on top, and we we kind of went the normal route and put the you know the layers of the sauce, the strips of the sauce on the squirt bottle, threw the cheese over the top, and man, it came out really good. I was really happy with this one too. We watched this. What did we watch? We watched wrestling the one night with the little C's, and then I forget, but we had pizza. We had pizza like numerous times since the last time we've spoke. What we watched is irrelevant, even though. Even though certain foods go better with pizza than other other foods. Live sports, for example, if you're watching some wrestling, a boxing match, some UFC, some uh, baseball. Your boy doesn't really go for the football. I'm not like a big football dude. I don't even know if I've ever seen like an entire football game in my whole life. Not not like I think it's whack or anything because the times I've watched it, it's pretty exciting. And I know, I know all the rules to football. I grew up in a football house, a sports house, so I'm down with it. I know how it is. It's just not, like, how I want to spend my Sunday. If you do, that's awesome, man. I want people to be happy. I want them to enjoy things. But I, I don't feel like sitting around and watching TV for, like, that long. I'd rather rather go to the flea market, rather go to the honey hole, rather do other things. But that's just me, dude. Do whatever you like to enjoy your life. It's important to enjoy your life, you know? We all like different things. But uh, I lost my track. Oh, live sports with pizza. Live sports and pizza go together very well. But I also know that I'm not the first person who's ever uh, thought of that. But, um... Get back into it, man. Let's try to all become American pizza men all over again. I want to see some pictures of some pizza pies. I want you guys making your own dough. I want you making interesting varietals of pizza. Try different things. Use some regional ingredients. You know, if you're the sausage-itarian out there in Ohio, put some pawpaws on a pizza. Make a pawpaw pizza. It'd be great. But uh, use some different things that might be more fun than some of the different things I try here in California. But... Pizza's universal, man. Pizza is for everybody. Pizza is the thing that makes all of us have warmth and happiness in our heart. And think of for rating foods, honestly, I feel like pizza might be the number one food of all the time in space. Nothing's better than pizza. Sure, your hot dogs are good. I love a wiener. I love a frankfurter. I love a sausage. A hamburg, really great. I think they're awesome. Sushi, delightful. Tofu, amazing. 
breakfast cereal, fantastic. These are all things I eat. Dates, peanuts, these are all things I love. But above all is pizza. Pizza's on its own up there floating high in the sky. Let's see. Anything else going on here in the world? Not a ton, to be honest. Things are kind of slowing down again, but uh, it's all fun. It's all great. I love you guys. Consider hopping over to supportthereport.com. That's the show Patreon. I've been, I've been releasing a lot of stuff over there. I recently did a super workout mix, an amazing workout mix called The Champion Sound, featuring Derek the Food Cube Zombie in there shouting out everyone with words of support, words of love, tons of great music. It's about 45 minutes. This one's intended for your cardio. I got another one on the way, the Horsepower Initiative. Champion Sounds 2, the Horsepower Initiative. This one is all about lifted weights. It has the angriest, hardest rhymes I could find. It's a fantastic. I, myself, I've tried it. I've used it. I'm doing a test before I release it to the general public, and it's been Amazing. My gains are off the charts. Also, I've done a did a who's who in the DC Comics universe about Peacemaker, the famous Peacemaker from the John Cena show, which is awesome, by the way. Great, great stuff. But uh, there's a who's who in the DC Comics universe about that. I got one coming up about Vigilante, one of the side characters on the show. And I've been doing a new program, a new program that I am absolutely in love with called At the Movies with Icy Robots. It's me talking about movies I've seen, movies that are coming up, movie memories, working at the theater, anything movie-related. The last one I put out, if I recall correctly, I went through my Laserdisc collection. I have some Laserdiscs, and I brought out the box with her in, looked at all of them, talked about them, talked about Laserdisc players, the histories of my Laserdiscness, and I plan to do another one on my DVD collection. I'm going to go remote. I'm going to take the mic into the living room, look at my DVDs. We're going to talk about that. I got another one planned where we to talk about my Blu-rays, and then... If the movie world keeps being as slow as it has been for a while longer, I'll look at my VHS tapes. It'll be great, dude. Collector Corner at the movies. You guys are going to love that because you're awesome. But uh, let's see. You want to be down with that, dude? Supportthereport.com. I can use all the Patreon support that I can get. I have this idea, and I'm going to throw this at you right now. I want to start a 24-hour streaming Icy Robots radio channel with various shows, music, programming and stuff on the live radio tip but here's the thing i don't really want to pay out of pocket to do it because i'm never going to get an advertiser i'm never going to get anything so if i can get the patreon up if i can get the patreon up i'm going to say an additional 50 bucks a month i can launch this icy robots radio station where in which i will go live from time to time we'll talk to gino vega maybe he'll want to go live mary maybe sarah the sausagetarian it's all in the planning stages early planning stages. I would like to reach out to other people with different shows. See, maybe they want to join up. It's going to be fun, dude. I've always wanted to play Andy Travis, and this is the chance for me to do it with KISR 24-hour streaming radio, but I'm going to need your help, man. I need some Patreon support to do this, so if this was something that you might think would be fun, consider signing up. Five bucks a month will help a lot. A dollar helps a little less, but it's all good. If we can get this up around 50 bucks, we can do it, man. We can do it, and it'll be fun. It will be great. K-I-S-R. Think about it until we meet again, my guys. If you don't like the news, go out there and make some of your own. All right, um, man, bring an organ. And you know I got to have that. Some people listen because they want a mystery Some people listen, then say we're whack But if they miss the show, they get the heart attack Now look
we do here and you look forward to new programming. Consider helping us to bring fun stuff every week by heading over to supportthereport.com and tossing a few pounds into the hat. It's important to support things that you enjoy. Thanks and have a great week. Supportthereport.com Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. I don't think so. Pharaohs, Repta, Iraqi. Oh, wow. Look for that King Arthur brand flower. Sunday night at 6.30 on Fox 29.